Hey, hey, everybody, this is Sophia. And how about that Democrat debate tonight? Debate number three. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Pluribus podcast. It is late, late, late on Thursday night. It's almost Friday morning. And I was doing analysis uh, for the GRIO, uh, where I've been a contributor for a decade, and for Politico, uh, running the feed on Twitter, which was a lot of fun. So thank you for those of you that tuned in and joined me. Um, and I know you guys are all wondering where I've been on television. I've been on book sabbatical, and uh, I will get back on air probably the end of September, maybe early October. I have a lot of travel a uh, big speaking season for me when college comes back in session. And then, of course, <clears throat> we go into the holidays and it's a crazy time. But yes, you will see me again on air, I promise. I've just been a little bit overwhelmed and busy, but it's all good. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the debate tonight and would love for you to give me some feedback on my social media channels. If you're not following me, you should be at I am Sophia Nelson on every one of my platforms. And um, you can leave a voice message here on the Anchor podcast, which is kind of great because you can actually leave your thoughts and you don't have to share them publicly. But uh, I'll give you my uh, what I call Monday morning quarterbacking of the debate. I mean, I don't think a lot changed. I think that Vice President Biden probably had his best performance out of the three debates to date. Um, I think that... um, The big winner tonight was Beto O'Rourke. I thought he was focused. I thought he was bold. I thought he was authentic. He didn't pull punches. He wasn't trying to curry favor. He talked about taking away guns. Now, I don't think that's going to play well at all in middle America and in rural America and in the southern states, which will be critical to whoever becomes the Democrat nominee if they're going to beat Donald Trump in 2020. But I respect his candor. I respect him not pulling punches and saying what he had to say, and it seemed to connect well with the audience. I thought that Elizabeth Warren uh, was kind of quiet tonight. I mean, I think she talked about her signature issues, Medicare for all, Medicaid for all, um, the health care issues, things like that. But I think that on balance, um, she was smart. She kind of played it safe. She probably didn't lose any ground, but she didn't gain any ground either. Um, I think that Senator Sanders continues to, uh, in my opinion, although he's still in the top three in the polling data, I'm not sure he connects well on television. He was losing his voice, as you could tell. Uh, He seems irritated and agitated all the time. I'll be honest, I'm I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan, so I'm probably not the best person to try to give him a fair shake, but I just don't see it happening for him. I think if if his time was going to happen, it was in 2016. And of course, he didn't get the nomination. I just think that it's not going to work out for him. I think that um, Senator Harris, I thought, was different tonight. She did not go after anybody. She was more funny. She was more quick-witted. Uh, she had a good sense of humor. Uh, often giggling and chuckling on the stage, which I'm not sure how that played, but I think that the debate moderator, ooh, that sister uh, Davis was tough, boy. She was lighting everybody up. I was calling her a Buffy the Candidate Slayer. She was just killing people on the debate stage tonight, but she was doing her job, and I thought that Harris got asked some tough questions about her record as a prosecutor, as she will continue to have to respond to, and I thought she handled herself pretty well. I think that... um, She was very focused on Donald Trump, 
clearly her strategy was to talk about Trump and no one else on the stage and to try to give the American people a reason to look at her, to believe she's the right candidate. Um, you know, I could run through each one of these people. I thought Mayor Pete Buttigieg is always a sharp candidate. Um, he's a bright young man. I think he's got a bright future. But again, I think that he fell flat. I think Beto and Booker, Cory Booker, Senator Booker, who I've known for 25 years, he's a good friend. I think that both of them are growing in their candidacies. I think they uh, have potential. I think they could be sleeper candidates. They could be, you know, someone that wins Iowa or wins uh, one of the other caucus states early on that really kind of like John Edwards did, uh, you know, back in in the 08 campaign, I guess it was. And I think that, um, you know, you just kind of have to pay attention to those guys. I think that Senator Klobuchar... Uh, In my opinion, although I'm a fan, I think she's bright. Uh, I think she'd make an able vice president. But again, there's no, it's just no there there. It's like beige paint. And I don't say that to be mean. I'm just calling it as I see it. I don't think she has a constituency. I think she's a bright woman. She'd be great in the cabinet as attorney general or on the court or something. But I don't see it. I think as a running mate, she's got good potential because the Midwest will be important. Um, for Democrats to be able to uh, pick up some states like obviously Wisconsin and uh, Michigan and, and, and Minnesota and, you know, some of those places could could help them with the map. Um, I think Julian Castro was surprisingly biting tonight and unkind uh, to uh, Vice President Biden challenging his memory. I don't know why Andrew Yang is on the stage. I do not. I am not a fan of his um, democracy dollars. Really, babe? This is America. We don't do democracy dollars. We have currency. It's called the dollar. Uh, we don't do democracy dollars. We don't give people, you know, everybody in America gets a $1,000 a month check or whatever foolishness he's talking about. I think it's time for the DNC to tighten this thing up and to uh, get this stage smaller. I-, I think it was much more manageable tonight. I think that we all uh, liked it uh, because with 10, you could at least focus, but I think it needs to get cut down to, to seven or six or five. And then I think we'll have a better understanding of of who's going to really shake out to be the star candidate at the end of the day. So, um, you know, I just wanted to kind of run by and give you my quick analysis. And again, this is a podcast about America and a American unity and American greatness and American exceptionalism and American culture and American music and American sports and a American uh, icons and and everything America that's what we talk about here um I do think that if you haven't listened to my 1619 podcast yet you should it came up in tonight's debate by Beto O'Rourke he was very candid about it very clear uh Twitter went wild in both ways um I do think that um there were a couple things that troubled me I think that Vice President Biden's got to learn to slow himself down. He gets excited, then he starts rambling, and then there's this crazy word sound. Like when he came up with the record player, record player comment. I mean, if you aren't over, like if you're not, you know, my nieces don't know what that is, and they're in, you know, one's twenty, one's about to graduate high school. So, you know, and younger kids don't have a clue what he's talking about. So he's a creature of his time. He's 70 some years old. I don't believe in ageism. I don't think that's fair. But I do think that we all have a sense. I mean, think about do you want your parents working uh, at a strenuous job when they're in their 70s or 80s? Of course not. 
you want them relaxing. You want them to to enjoy their time, the rest of what they have. And so I think that um, this issue of Biden's age, I see Booker and I see Castro and some of the younger guys throwing punches and they're trying to be respectful, but they're trying to say, hey, look, this dude here is 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 a good man. He's a statesman, but he's not the future of the Democrat Party. Don't go status quo, go big, go bold or go home. And I think that Kamala Harris uh, picked a big fight with the president tonight. I'll be interested to see if um, he will tweet at her because she challenged his manhood directly. She said he was a little man, a small man like the Wizard of Oz. That's not going to go over real well. Uh, I suspect he'll be at it early in the morning saying nasty things. So I don't know. But uh, I'd love to hear from you guys again. Send me a tweet at I am Sophia Nelson or post on my Instagram at the same I am Sophia Nelson on one of the pages. Um, I uh, would love to hear from you. I want to know what you think, how you saw it. But I think it was status quo. I think that Harris probably helped herself a little by showing a lighter, kinder, gentler, not the not the tough lady, not the prosecutor that's trying to rough up her colleagues. So I think that she connected a little bit better. Um, I think when you're a woman candidate, I mean, I know this for a fact, when you're a woman and one of color or a woman not of color, you have to walk that fine line not to be the B word, not to be the dragon lady, but not to be too soft, not to be weak. It's, it's a rough road to hoe. I think that Elizabeth Warren has established herself as the wonky professor um, who's got a whole lot of information for you. And if, and if you're into that kind of thing, it works for you. But I ultimately think this is Biden's to lose. Um, the question I have is who's going to be his VP? He's got to pick a woman. He cannot pick a man. It's not an option. I mean, perhaps he could get away with Julian Castro and say that he's trying to pick uh, up the Hispanic vote. Uh, and Castro would probably play well also in the African-American community or he could pick a Booker. But Booker's already said he would not run on a ticket with two men, which I respect him for that. So I continue to think it's going to be a Biden-Harris ticket. Um, maybe it's Biden-Klobuchar. Maybe it's Biden-Warren. But electorally speaking, the only person that gets Biden something of, of good measure in that lineup is Amy Klobuchar because she's in the middle of the country and he needs to get that Rust Belt and those big industrial places like Pennsylvania um, and try to get those states back in the D column. So it's going to be interesting. We're heading into, uh, you know, uh, the end of September soon, October. Um, Make sure that you are tuning in and keeping up. Follow us on Apple or follow us on Spotify or follow us on the Anchor platform, wherever you want to follow. I'm on every major podcast platform there is. But I just want to encourage you to uh, listen. I'm going to be down at Grambling State University uh, next week. I'm going to have President uh, Galat on. We're going to do a a great conversation about many things, HBCUs. We're going to talk about tech. We're going to talk about... uh, Uh, research and development. We're going to talk about uh, politics. We're going to talk about everything. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll make sure to get you some uh, promotional materials on that. And uh, definitely looking forward to uh, uh, some of the guests that I've recorded. I just haven't released those yet. And I've got amazing people coming up that you recognize from TV. And uh, we're in the process of scheduling them throughout the rest of this year and into early next year. So stick with us. Uh, Just wanted to stop by, give you my quick debate analysis, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You guys have a great uh, start of the weekend. It's coming up tomorrow, today actually. And uh, as always, uh, God bless the United States of America, and God bless all of you. Take care now.